1: You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 375, brought to you by Harbinger Wars from Valiant Comics, and iFanboy listeners like you... Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 375. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hi. And we're all Hi. business. And Paul Montgomery. Gentlemen. no so, fucking around this week. No, none of that. Feels
0: like 375 is a milestone, but I don't... I don't. It was, in comics, it'd be every, every 25, 50, and 75, they'd go make a big deal, but
1: no, we're just going to treat it like every, you know, business as usual. Yeah, I think that's fine. We should relaunch. At iFanboy.com, we like comic books, and that is why we write about them there, because we also read them. And every week we read a bunch of them, and then one of us has the job of picking the best one they read that week, their favorite. They write about it, put it up on the website on a Wednesday. That's called The Pick of the Week. We come here, we talk about that for about ten minutes or so. And then we talk about the other books of the week for about 30 minutes or so and then I'm, I'm breaking all the rules now and then uh we talk about a couple of other things that uh, strike our fancy uh before we get going we're going to uh, talk about what's happening in the books and if you are at all on the comics internet you know what happened in them already because no one can not talk about what happens in the books including the ads in the other books <laughs> so, i don't even read those i know i know it's those? just like there's just no way to avoid what's happening. Okay. Um, Especially if you're in the press. And I know that sounds like – but like I don't even bother anymore. I don't even – it doesn't even – like I can't do anything about it. Uh, so there you go. If you're worried about spoilers, this, this is not for you.
2: Four o'clock on a
1: Monday morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't caught up,
1: but proceed. Connor, you had the pick. Um, go for it.
0: In a great week of books, a week where I gave out a lot of fives, really enjoyed the the stack I had, really had a fun time reading, Uh, it could not be anything other than Batman Incorporated number eight, and as Josh said, spoiler warning, this is the issue where Damian Wayne, the current Robin, Robin number five, does what most Robins tend to do, I guess not most, but some Robins, and he died. One. One, yeah, I guess one.
2: Whatever, But
0: that's Dick Grayson. That's like the Gene Gray joke. Just a big Dick Grayson thing. got shot, and then he quit. So he didn't die, but
2: most of them just changed their name. Yeah,
0: so yeah. most of them, or have did. their name changed for them, right? And then kept around for some unknown reason. Um, Batman: Corporate Number Eight was the death of Damian Wayne, and this is you know, the culmination of seven years of stories from Grant Morrison. He's been. You know, this issue twelve is the wrap up of this series, and this is his end. Uh, he's, he's he's talked about it for a while. This is the end of his his story, and it did begin with Damien. You know, the first story he wrote was Batman and Son, which was where they brought back the, the baby from from the Batman Son of the Demon uh, graphic novel, which DC disavowed for the longest time, and uh, brought in this new snot nosed little kid who was Batman's son, raised by Talia and Ra's al Ghul, and and uh, raises among the League of Assassins, raised to kill and. It's been seven years of ups and downs with Damien, but uh, this issue particularly I thought was very well done. It was very emotional. I thought he went out well. Um, Damien's a complex character, and I wrote as I wrote the review in that super long paragraph in the beginning, my feelings on Damien have gone up and down over the years, and I hated him at first. I, I liked him by the middle. By the end, I was, I kind of felt like he was unnecessary and boring and kind of didn't need to be there anymore so his death I wasn't really upset by it but I did feel it in this issue because Morrison really understands this character and he understands that he is a little boy who amongst everything else he is he's a little boy kind of scared and kind of trying to win the the love of his dad and he has more of his dad in him than than he has Talia his mother and in this issue he comes despite being told to sit on the sidelines because all hell's breaking loose he rushes in saves the day saves Nightwing saves Red Robin and uh, goes out like a hero. And I thought, you know, if someone's going to write the end of Damian Wayne and whether or not this is the actual end, we'll find out. But we only can take issue by issue. If someone's going to write the end of Damian Wayne, it should have been Grant Morrison because he really got him the best. And he was really only uh, good for the most part under Morrison. There was one or two other times that he was all right. But uh, this, I, I love this issue.
1: So. I thought you actually broke it down for me fairly well. You know when he worked, when he didn't, and I was like, "Yeah, those are all true." But I find that uh, when he when he did work, um, I actually really did like him a lot, and I thought, in "We scene, loved him." We loved him a few years ago during the
0: more quietly, you know, during
1: stuff. that era, and specifically during. Um, I actually really liked him during uh, Scott Snyder's first run on Detective, which is which is, you know, if you were to ask me, I like that a lot more than than the sort of run on Batman now that everybody's talking about. Um, and I think that was a really nice nod to that. In this book, it was that one page where you know Damian was like, "You were always my favorite partner," and it's sort of that that grudging, like when a little kid says something that's way older than them, but they still sound like a little kid, like because mm-hmm. they're trying to sound, you know, uh, adult, and they're trying to sound, uh, you know, grown up, and 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 that's what that reminded me of, and and you know, Damian is is at his best when when we do remember that he's a kid. He's incredibly um, able kid. He's a very intelligent kid, but he's still a kid. Um, and, and just that like one little bit, I was, I reminded myself that I really did like him and I really like him with, with Dick Grayson. I think that that's a lot of fun. I was glad that that was touched on in here. Um, and, and because of that stuff being in the first part of the issue, I, I definitely, I think I sort of felt it at the end. I was like, I don't want this to happen. And one of the things you, I think really hit home is that he is a little kid when he's getting, uh, beat, beaten
0: by, and he's fighting that his evil clone, Talia has been cloned him a few times. And this is a fully grown version of him. Uh, He's getting beaten, mm-hmm. you know, roundly in a, in a fantastic page, which we'll, we'll talk about Chris Burnham in a second. In yeah. uh, a fantastic page, you got 20 panels of him fighting this guy, and he gets smashed headfirst into a wall and beaten, and, and you realize, oh, shit, this is a little 10-year-old, and it's really messed up. Uh, and I think that was one of the things that made it so wrenching also.
1: It's really interesting, because if you think about uh, the stuff that makes people mad in comic book readingdom, mm-hmm. um, everybody... There's a lot of people who are still beside themselves on the horrible, horrible things that they have done to Peter Parker. Right. Uh, I'm putting up air quotes right now right. because it's, a, it's, it's all a fake story. But either way, like I, I, there's, there's something strange about often the little kid. Like You kind of want this feeling of security and, well, the kid's there, but he'll be fine because it's a comic book and that's the kind of sort of characters that they protect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little strange for me, I think, that, that they're going to they're gonna kill a kid. Um, but it was strange to introduce him in the first place. If you're going to think about it in that way,
2: right. I think for the first time um, reading Damien, I, I, I tried reading this book with a child's voice in my head for the character. I don't necessarily pre- uh, prescribe audio to you know, like a, like like you don't natu- it out natural out in room voice. Every, I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, with a cardboard tube and jumping around on my mattress. But no. But this time I actually tried to think of him as as a kid. He's He's ten. Yeah, is that okay? And I, I tried to think of it that way, and I think that made the build up, and especially the moment that you guys uh, mentioned. Um, I don't believe it's a panel of the week um, where he is talking to to Dick. Uh, that also felt to me like it was it was poignant uh, in terms of of the narrative, but it, it also struck me as a little bit uh, fourth wall breaking. Um, maybe Morrison talking about how he enjoyed those times of. Uh, of, uh, of, of of using uh, Dick as Batman and 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 those two together um, before you know editorial came in and we said we got to bring Bruce Wayne back. Um, so I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, like just as as commentary on his own run, mm-hmm. um, and and those being that sort of being the the golden era of this run. Um, and it's 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 amazing when you think about. it. You mentioned seven years um that's so much mythology built up I mean it's bat cow and right. all the stuff that Talia's been involved with and um so I, I really enjoyed the build up to this I don't know the the death felt like it I mean even though we have that page of the 20 action beats um which was amazingly drawn in sort of like a Tom and Jerry cartoon like how hyperbolic it is right. um where he's got like darts sticking out of him and stuff and just beaten and bloody both of them and he's on fire at some point and and um you know, But I, I felt like that the death itself is very quick, and the issue was over before I knew it. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited to see the next issue and to see the, the fallout.
1: Well, here's the thing. If this story worked as comic books are supposed to work, meaning mm-hmm. you picked up the issue, and you're like, oh, this is an issue of a comic book, with, and I'm, I know these characters, and I'm going to read this. That's what I say every time out loud. Right. But if, if, that, if it worked that way and you were to read it that way, then that suddenness of the ending would have yeah. come to, as a surprise. It would have come as a jolt and it was written in that, in that way, I think. But As often you know, death is, yeah. Right. But because of the way that the fan culture, media you – know, I, I, you know, we have to take our own responsibility for that too. But because of the way that that works, you, as a reader, we're all just waiting to see how they do it. Yeah, right. like can you? No, you're I absolutely think, right. Like, it's like can you just? I I often read comics and I just think, boy, this would be a lot more fun if I was just reading it, you know, and I didn't know what was. If I knew it in order, you know, if I, <laughs> yeah. if I knew it sequence and not yeah, knowing okay. the and, and even and I you know I I you know the, I we work on this, so it's fine. We don't get that but the it's, same but experience. It's, it's, but anybody else probably is going through the same thing too. Like everybody gets spoiled it's by the, this. It's a three
0: month cycle of previews and solicitations that ruins you know, everything. The thing
1: is though, they didn't. They didn't release this. This wasn't news until like two days before it started. So the question about that is, uh, and this will be a little businessy, I suppose, who benefits? Because the the retailers didn't know. But the retailers didn't know. Yeah, but they also sold out a book they probably wouldn't normally sell out of. Yes, but they didn't know to order more of them anyway. So the benefit was, was minor.
0: Well, minor is a relative term for however many. I mean, the store I shop at orders tons and tons of stuff, and they sold out by nine thirty. I mean, by eleven thirty. My shop said
1: that uh, this is the least selling, lowest selling bat title they have, and I was like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "More than it's, it's less not. It's than not in continuity. I, it's not. You know, what I mean, it's <laughs> even though it is, people
0: don't consider it to be, so they don't buy it." Anyway, Chris Burnham uh, has been the story of this whole series. I thought, but I thought this issue particularly, he did really well. Um, I keep looking at the little bit of business. From that page we keep talking about with Damien and, and Dick, where he throws Dick th- casually throws the uh, smoke bombs over his shoulder as he's talking to him, which I didn't even notice the first I time. I noticed through. that.
1: That was really nice. I liked that a lot.
0: Um, and then going back to the quietly, you know, and he's he's talked about a well, lot about quietly as an influence, and I saw you know Tom and Morrison Khan talking about quietly as an influence, and and going back to that, you know, using this the sound effects as part of the art and the, the big boom with the explosion and the biff bam pow sock oof blap wap, you know, and, and I love that sequence where they go into the smoke. And they come out, the, the bodies come flying out of it. Uh, we never actually see the fight. I love that sequence. Um, just, just wonderful. The twenty-page panel, uh, the wrenching bit where he, where where Damian is finally stabbed with the sword, and, and it shatters all the other panels around him. And then, you know, the call—not not so much the callback, because it's not much else you can do holding a dead body—but the, the you know, Batman holding another dead Robin in his hands. Um, everything about this just looked wonderful. I even didn't mind the fill-in artist too even though he was quite a parent, I really thought he did some good things too. Um,
1: that was a weird thing. I assume they're,
0: you know, trying to hit their deadline or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's consistently had a guy doing two or three pages per issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he did this segment with Red with, with Robin. But anyway, I thought Burnham is, you know, when this series ends in four issues, he's a, he's a major player now. He needs to be on a major book. I ju-
1: I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, it's really interesting that sort of from the first moment that we saw him, I think, you know, way back on, was it Officer Down. Is that the right? Name? I don't remember
0: if that was the first time I he did that book. I don't know if that was the first time I saw him or not. Um that Joe Casey book. Wait, that's yeah. not the
1: name. Is that the name? Yes, Officer Down. Yes. So many puns and names now that I've now lost track of all of them. But right away from that first time I saw his puzzles, I was like, I like this a lot. But at the time and I at the time I thought, well, this is just be a guy that I like, and we probably won't see him that often. Uh, and it's really interesting to me to see where he ended up. Yeah. Uh, in, in a good way. I think that I think it's really cool um, that, that this is sort of the stage that he got. And, and uh, you know, that's the thing over the I've, I've actually gotten less interested in this series but as i've gone through it the thing that's kept me on this is i just i just keep liking to see what what burnham does every time and i think on this right. one you can see he he went all out you know and he, mm-hmm. he did he did his his whole thing and also um uh nathan fairbairn on colors i thought did a really nice job on this yeah, one. yeah oh that's mm-hmm. a great looking book and
0: so we're down a robin could be we could be down one or two more as far as i'm concerned so let's Get going until we return to the rightful place of having Dick Grayson be the the sidekick.
1: That's fine. The only thing that the only I don't this story's fine or whatever, but I do not want to read six months or another year of Batman being depressed. That's what my only
0: my but, only concern is 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 and I wrote this in a review how this is going to cripple the character because losing Robin a character is one thing, losing a sidekick, losing a ward, losing in a but losing your son is a whole other other thing, and I don't know. How that's going to they, negatively affect the character? They're
1: either going to have to ignore it to a certain extent, or we're just going to have to wallow in it for. But
0: they're not you know, because all—if you look—they released all the covers for the upcoming issues. They're all about yeah. him for I all just, the I've, books.
1: I really feel like
0: I've done this before.
1: Like we did it. We—you've never it, done it with him losing a son. That's know, a whole we other did it issue. With, uh, we did it with Jason Todd, and we've done it. But that's you know, not, to the a certain not the same extent with others, and we've done it with. Um, also, was, Jason was, Todd was 1988. Yeah, we did it, I and mean, that was Bordeaux. a long time ago. We did it with Barbara Gordon to an extent. Like it's just his guilt thing, and it's like we, you know, it's very circuitous, and they keep adding more elements to make it more so. But I, I don't, I don't want to read those stories. I'm not interested in
0: that. Well, you will not have to. Um, another book I love is Uncanny Avengers number four, Remender Cassidy. Um, this book has been coming out sporadically. Uh, Cassidy's art's been inconsistent, but I just love the way the story is told. It's a, it's a, it's a book from the '70s, man. It's a third-person narration that you don't get ever anymore. It's just bombastic. It it does a great job of telling the story in a modern way, but also telling you who everyone is and what their powers
2: are, which is something every comic needs to do. And it, I went back and, and read all four of these together today, and uh, it's it's interesting because that that narration just comes in in issue three, right? And so it's. It's, it's a little bit jarring that it comes in t- at the middle of the storyline. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I think if anyone can do it, I think Remender is, is, is good enough with prose that he can do it and we know what it is. And it doesn't seem like purple hackery. It's <laughs> like you can, you can see what he's doing. Um, he's
1: real good with a hellscape. Yeah, that's what I've been really like. Most of his books that that like he does a lot of books where it's it's the world like completely gone upside down, all sorts, and he's he's done it in a ton of them.
2: And it's and in 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 a, in a you know in a market where there's so many stories that are dystopias, this is one that I felt was really affecting. Um, yeah, like I like I was like, man, the world sucks. <laughs> you know, like it like you know the 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 Red Skull brings up some some really. Um, it, insightful if if misguided points um but there's 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 a i think the thing is there's a bit of truth in what he's saying and that makes it all the harder for captain america to deal with it and for us as readers to be like this this is this is not a good feeling but yeah. then when you get that triumphant moment where cap um you know punches him out um, and they do stand up to him. Um, that feels really good. So, other that there was a, there was Conversely a nice emotional. He,
1: he drops like a moment later. They drop into the puddle, and it's the most frustrating thing on earth.
2: Oh God! Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I, I really one of the things I liked about this is that um, Xavier's power to me has always been like one of the one of the big atom bombs of the of the Marvel universe. Like yeah. it's one of the things where you always have to think, well, at least that guy was a pretty good guy, you know, notwithstanding his <laughs> jerkness. Um, well, he wasn't jerk he was well established. Right. No, and I know that, but he, but he is, could have he could have very easily
0: taken over the world right. and done and because he wasn't Ma- but he wasn't Magneto. That was right. always a difference. And and that's the thing
1: though. So now you've taken this massive power and you put it in, you know, I think arguably the 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 baddest character, uh, you know, bad in the evil way, the most evil character that they have in the Marvel universe and that's and we, as we've seen, it it uh it fairly well uh it's pretty terrifying. Now, Except for that last page, because I, 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 I don't even know what Onslaught is. I just know it's a thing. I didn't read comics, yeah. and I was like, oh, God, of. No. All right. I think, I think, but I think he's embracing that. No, sort I, of I
0: know. To the of the Marvel Universe and using, turning it around and making it into, into something good. I mean, I didn't read those Onslaught stories either, and I don't. But I, I have faith that Remender is using it, those elements to make something interesting I, and, and he's done
1: it. He's done it before, obviously. But yeah. it's one of those, like, whenever they do that on the last page with me, I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. This is for them. And I always kind of feel like, oh, all right, that's fine. It's for the other readers. or well, it's for me. Yeah, but what it is, it's, it's a tie-off and nostalgic payoff into a thing that I don't have any nostalgia. But I'm not nostalgic for it. I just know that it's going to be fun. All
0: right, you know?
1: I right, don't get but, mired in that. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Final page reveal is supposed to tell you something, and if it doesn't mean anything to you, then it
2: doesn't work. It just tells me that something bad's coming. It means in enough yeah. for me. Like, I, I, I know tangentially... You don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to know the history so, of Onslaught to know
0: that,
1: that some shit's coming down. I mean, you just I know, know that some like, bad's coming. Then show that some sh- shit's coming down. Instead, it's the thing we show this character and we say a, a, a keyword and it makes fans go, ooh, and that's fine,
2: but I'm not. But it a doesn't, fan. though. That's, that's the point. We're I, pulling I, our I, I, hands. I, I think there are different levels for yeah. different people reading it. So I, I, don't, I, th- I think it, it works. I for, think you bring a lot of
0: baggage to it. Sure. All right. The Rocketeer, Hollywood horror number one. I was I was a little leery of it. I loved the first series, miniseries so much. The Wade Samney one. Um, language is good, obviously. Jay Bone is good. You know, he does it a very cartoony style. I was into it, but then when Nick and Noah Charles showed up, I was all in.
2: Of course, I mean th- this is I don't know this kind of uh, for 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 us kind of a, a, just a great milieu. Like I, I love old Hollywood stuff. Like it's like you can you can you can hear that patter to it. Yep. And and language is great for that. And um, it's I mean it's it's almost vaudeville. It's it's not that. It's uh, it's you're gonna be in pictures. It's like it's like that. And uh, to have a character named Dahlia is you know so that like immediately the eyebrow goes up. And um, I, I there for me the the only thing with this is I felt like there was a slight disconnect between writer and artist in terms of cartooning. Like I kind of just I kind of wish that this was just language himself because he is an accomplished cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love. Uh, you know Jay Bone and is, and how perfect he is for this this atmosphere this 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 whole old Hollywood thing. Um, there was some there was there was some rhythm that were just kind of it was, the rhythm was off a little bit. Um, but otherwise, I, I thought that this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed this a lot.
1: I like how Betty traipses around in her underwear with her roommate there.
0: Well that's what ladies do.
1: I assume <laughs> that's what I would do.
0: Um Punisher Warzone number five. What is Carmine the Gian Mancini doing next and when can I buy it? I want to read
1: Greg Rucker Wright's Lady Punisher book. Yes. Absolutely, yeah Absolutely. We'll, we will never read. No, we will yeah. never, ever, ever, never read it. And it's it's fine. It's probably better that way. But I will tell you, he got me at the end. I was like, oh. Now see yeah, that it, was yeah, an exactly. ending page that, that made me really happy. And even though I know yeah, it's there's... never gonna happen, I was like, yeah. I, There's I mean, this like,
2: instantaneous I, I, fist bump, yeah. and but then after that, it's like oh, because you because you know Crash, it's not gonna. Yeah. End up. See,
1: I liked the ending, and then the last page was just like a, like the button on top of it. Like I was I was the down last page the is very thing. much like the end of the wire with the new
0: with with yeah. you know the new kids taking over for. Um, for uh, without the horrible
1: sadness of Dookie, I can't talk about it.
0: What I'm saying is, it's it, it was the button on the series, it doesn't yeah. not, not so much a cliffhanger because there was You're no world taking to, over for Omar, right? There's,
1: there's nowhere to go,
0: yeah. It was the button, and it was great. I think that if you read this whole run, which I encourage everyone to do, is go back and get the uh, trades or the issues or whatever, read Punisher from the beginning, then read Punisher Warzone. This was a fantastic story, and it's a, I was thinking about it as I was reading it. I love this version of the Punisher. It's a I, different yeah. version of the Punisher than than Ennis and Aaron did, which is also great. But the thing the thing is, this is, a, this is almost a different character, and I might like this version a little bit more than the Ennis, Ennis Ellis, uh, Ennis uh, Aaron version. I like this version that he's sort of um, he's a,
1: he's a he's he's like a form of chaos, like a controlled chaos. Like he's like no one. Well, no one's going to control him, but he's got his own control whereas hmm. like a, a joker is sort of the random chaos but but you know he's not working with anybody he's not he's got his own thing he's going to do it and no matter what you do he's going to do those things so even though they put him in that weird prison and he's got all the movies to watch which is awesome um <laughs> <laughs> you know you, but you're reading it you're the like, prison didn't sound so bad i'll be honest I, yeah no exactly and i but i i did think to myself I'm like oh he's gonna get out right like, of course he is um is this is this supposed to be continuity i guess it doesn't really matter i was just yeah, I mean, it's it. I don't it's
0: know. the Marvel yeah. Punisher. It's the yeah. This one will never be referred to again. We'll never yeah, see right. the Lady Punisher again. It just will be a great little story you can read that won't really you know connect to anything else, and it's fine. But it was wonderful, and I love the really playing up the soldier aspect of it, mm-hmm. which is yeah. something that Rucka really um, does well. And I
2: like that that Frank brings the Avengers to his level instead of having to play on the the grand. What what we know is like the Grand Avengers scale of today. Like this is kind of low rant Avengers. Um, I love that it's that's, like just this small that's a core. Rucka. That's a very ruckus. Yeah. Hero trait, which is why I, like like favorite. Tony gets gets locked in in the 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 jam cellar or what what was it the I believe um, that. jam closet something like that the jam pantry yeah. he's got a pantry, pantry for jam yeah. yeah jam pantry and that's not just a how humiliating joke. that is.
1: <laughs> that's that's new. But it's. Yeah,
2: but it's just like you could never see, you know, um, Hickman's Avengers being involved in anything like that, and uh, so this was refreshing. I also thought this is this is one of the few artists
0: who made Cap's new costume look kind of cool. Like I really do, yeah? I love what? the way this book looks. It it's it's got a great kinetic energy to it. Mm-hmm. You know, things are always moving or crackling with energy, or and uh, it's great layouts
1: wonderful artist i love this guy it's just a nice it was just really nice that there was a um this is just an ending It it's a yeah. strong ending on a thing and I, and I i i appreciate that so much in reading superhero comics you just don't get them very as often like you could just you could stop right here you'd be like that was the story full story whether it's just the five you read or the whole thing now paul i'm looking forward <laughs> to this give us the okay.
2: injustice gods among us update injustice gods among us so this is just me En- enjoying okay. the roller coaster that is Justice Gods Among Us. Um, only this so is much you can take. this is the second print collection of they're they're putting them out. I think I guess it's like three digital comics that add up to these print versions. So um, caught up on this, uh, you may recall that uh, Superman uh, accidentally killed Lois and his unborn child last time, right? Um, because he thought thing. she was Doomsday, yeah. um, and in doing so, blew up Metropolis and everyone who lived in it. Um, a minor, it's another Monday for Superman. And Wah-wah. yet it gets crazier. Um, Superman killed the Joker. Right. Superman punched his fist through the Joker. Um, he also almost killed Hal Jordan. Uh, or it might be Kyle Rayner. It was a black-haired Green Lantern. Um, well, let's they cross our fingers that late. it was Kyle. Um, he sort of, he was, they were in a, in, in a pursuit through the sky. Superman was on his way to kill the Joker. Green Lantern was like, maybe not such a good idea for you to be talking to the guy who made you accidentally kill your wife and unborn child. Um, and Superman zapped his ring. Um, and so he fell, he was in regular street clothes falling through the sky Superman <laughs> caught him and let him go and then just you know he destroyed the ring um and, and killed the joker uh the second bit is harley and green arrow and they had this weird kind of flirtation together um and they went to the arrow cave yeah, which i guess those, is a, yeah, it's a thing yep that's a thing. Okay. Oh, and in the said,
0: beginning, he had an arrow cave, an arrow car, a sidekick, a sidekick, a clone, a clown villain. I mean, he was Batman in
2: the beginning. I was, I was not aware of that. But they, okay. but she says, "Well, arrows don't live in caves. Why isn't it just the quiver?" And he's like, "That's actually better. That's a good idea." Um, and so they, they, have an interaction. Then, then the next one is Superman goes to Bialia, mm-hmm. one of the uh, the Arab nations of the DC world. When was and the last time we saw Bialia.
0: We've seen it recently, uh, or maybe that was a Teen Titans cartoon. I, I can't remember, but it's been. What's around. the other one?
2: Was it in Checkmate?
0: Checkmate was in it. Was in Checkmate a lot, yeah. Right,
2: Someone in 52. which, by the way,
0: Josh was like five years ago. I, getting, if you're, if you're keeping track of how fast things are moving, I'm getting a lot of that lately.
2: <laughs> I have a three. So race. he so he goes to the dictator of this country, who is not managing this country very well, rips off his shirt in the ultimate act of humiliation, picks him up by the scruff of his neck, and takes him to the UN. I thought you were going to say
0: by his chest hair, which is
2: better. (laughs) He (laughs) grabs him, and um, the guy was very concerned. He was covering himself. I guess he was was very self-conscious about his nipples. And (laughs) um, took him to have this press conference. Superman is so angry, so frustrated, that he's gripping the podium so hard that that the podium is bending under Mm -hmm. his hands. Um, Is this the the evil Superman from Superman 3? This is I think where we're going. Um, in, the, in the beginning of this series, um, they, they have a flash forward where um, Batman is is worried because Superman has taken over the Earth basically and started this like totalitarian regime. and so the end of this issue is is yeah. Superman telling all the world that we're going to have a ceasefire, or else? And so it's it's you know oh, evil shit. dictator, Superman. <laughs>
1: yeah:
0: That's so, awesome. I don't, I don't want you to stop reading this book. I don't want to it's, read it myself. No, but I want you yeah. To, it, I want you to report back every. every. I
2: just find it. I mean, that some of the dialogue is is kind of cute and and uh, inventive and. But the the thing that's really interesting about it is they can. It seems like they can do whatever the hell they that's want. That's
0: kind of fascinating about it, and it makes me kind of intrigued. Is that is
2: they can do anything? They could never do that story in the, in the regular DCU. So if, if you if you're one of the people worried about consequences in the past couple of weeks, this book has well within its own continuity consequences like. The Joker and getting. This is, is uh, a super punch. It will go on forever. Uh, I don't know. I
1: guess, the, I guess they have a lot of characters to kill off. It's so. best to assume it's going to just go on forever. Mm hmm. This episode is brought to you by Valiant's Harbinger Wars, which is the first family crossover beginning in Harbinger Wars number one, a four issue miniseries co written by Joshua Dysart and Dwayne Swarsinski with art by Clayton Henry and Clayton Crane. It'll be on sale April 3rd, 2013. The action continues later in April with new jumping on points in Harbinger 11 and Bloodshot number 10. Uh, these are the first uh, issues of a new standalone four issue story arcs chronicling the fallout of the Valiant universe's first. Full scale superhuman conflict. It's gonna span twelve issues total following the story independently in Harbinger Wars, Harbinger or Bloodshot, or you can read the whole thing to experience the complete Harbinger Wars saga.
0: Now, am I still the only one reading
1: Joe Kubert Presents? I bought I'm some them I'm waiting for a nice and collection. Then I, didn't read them. I you I I, like I flip I like flipped through them. I looked at them, but I didn't read them. You
0: guys need to read this. Yeah. I mean, you guys especially. Okay. okay. Don't tell me um, what to do, buddy. I'm just saying, Don't. the first story is a Paul Levitz written, um, Joe kubert drawn, Sergeant Rock tale with uh, a, a guy and his son visiting the American um, uh, graveyard in Normandy and talking about you know how their grandfather uh, you know attacked the beach alongside Sergeant Rock and great tale. And then there's a, another, my favorite part of this series has been the USS Stevens stories from Sam Glansman, who's been writing about his memories of... Being on the USS Stevens during World War II, and this one's basically the history of of the fight in the Pacific, from from you know take, going through the attack on Pearl Harbor to what they did with the boat afterwards. It's very a great economy of storytelling. He puts a lot of stuff in here, and his his for a guy who's in his nineties, wonderful art, just wonderful. And then there's a, I mean, there's all kinds of things you never really know what you're going to get. And here you get a great essay from Joe Kubert about the book and about his art and and about his son being in, a, in an accident, which led to the next story about. A guy who rides a motorcycle, which which Kubert wrote and drew, and then finally there's um, the one of the best stories is the one he's done that's just been in pencil uh, spit about a boy uh, on a ship, you know, it's, you know, in the in the old the old time days and on a whaling ship, no inks, no colors, just just rough pencils, and the Angel and the Ape story's been fun too, but. This is I and mean, this is a comic book history.
2: Let me see. This this all sounds spectacular. I just like I I'm hoping that they don't drop the ball on this and they put out a nice like oversized hardcover of this. We'll I'd like to on that. enjoy it that way. I don't know. Like, not, well, one not more gonna issue to to
0: go. This is six issue mini. So, you know, if they don't do that, I, I recommend you you know at least leafing through it. All right. Guardians of the Galaxy zero point one. Didn't do it. Anything. Is this just me? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah uh, this, <laughs> the
1: oh, okay. man has to draw a line, and this is where this I'm. Is, a line. I
2: mean, this is the future of Marvel now. Mm-hmm. This is this is where it's going. We got the the movie coming out soon, so I was excited. The problem with this, aside from why the hell are they doing point one? Well,
0: this. If if anyone ever wondered if if the numbers are important, Marvel's telling you they're not.
2: If see if if something is called number zero point one, it shouldn't also be three ninety nine. It should be like their free comic it book. Should be a, thing it should something.
1: be a tenth of that. It should be thirty-nine cents. Right. But it should just be number one. That's probably more correct, yes. So marketing so make this and matter like a number one side. issue,
2: but not really. Right. Um, or not even a zero issue. Yeah. The other problem of- is this comes right on the heels of Nova Number One, and it's a very similar sort of story because this is about uh, Peter Quill, Star Lord, as as a lad, and it's also it 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 uh, is fairly reminiscent of um, Starman, not the not the James Robinson Starman, but the Jeff Bridges Starman, Ooh. Um, which uh, <laughs> it's been a while, but I believe that's he comes to Earth, he's an alien. Yes. And he knocks up Marion Ravenwood. Yeah, Marian, By yes, the end, yes, maybe. Yes. Right. Spoilers. Okay, it's not ET. No. I've never seen ET, so I could be mixing this. Wait two a up. minute! Hold
0: on! Hold oh, on! All right,
2: stop the show. You haven't seen no, ET. No, I haven't. Um, so I, I just know there was a scary ET plush doll in my grandmother's basement, and it scared me more than once. Um, but you've seen Starman. I have seen Starman. Yeah. <laughs> Starman's great. You know
1: what? I was actually about to let Paul off until that <laughs> part. I was like, "Well, listen, it came out probably it was before you were born. You know, it doesn't mean the same thing to you." But you maybe had, it came out on Blu-ray, and I and I got it on Blu-ray. It was but, this, no, um, but, Blu-ray but, obsessed?
2: You, but. you saw you saw Starman, which. Uh, E.T. also came out on Blu-ray, so I really have no excuse. Anyways, this is, and it's also a little bit. It reminded me a bit of uh, Looper, um, in ter- not in terms of time travel stuff, but in terms of uh, Emily Blunt's character from that movie, um, because Peter Quill's mom is the Marion Ravenwood character, and um, she's like gun-toting, living out on her own in the in in the wilderness in the country, and at the end, it's just like, uh, you know, he. So we get the. Uh, you know conception, and then he has to go back into outer space. Peter Quill's dad, and then we see Peter Quill grow up. His mother gets murdered, and then at the end of it, he says, "Well, and that's how I ended up out here." Tony Stark, who's joining Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, it just very kind of rote at the end. And um, yes. I just, I just want number one. I don't. Does anyone eat Dutch apple pie? Um, I don't know where we're going here.
0: I don't know either. I'm the trying to parse what the stuff. hell? It's a, it's a major plot point in Starman. All right. This next book I don't know. I've never of, seen Starman. And it's a great movie, first of all. Uh, I don't believe you, Matt, most of the time. Um, I've never heard of this book, and I'm scared. Because I don't like to talk about books I've never heard of.
2: Oh, Amala's Blade Number Zero by Steve Horton and Michael Dialinus. Dialinus. This is it's a new book from Dark Horse. Um, there's a bit of it in, uh, in Dark Horse Presents. And um, this is again. This is sort of a preview for the full series, which is going to be coming out um, in, in uh, April, I believe. So um, this is this felt very much to me like an Oni book. Um, it's 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 seemingly all ages. It's about this girl pirate and or a, or a privateer, and she's um, storming this ship of these sort of steampunk guys who modify themselves with. You know, like they augment their bodies with sort of cyborg parts, but they're steampunky in a way. And it's, um, it's a very expressive, very, very lively story. And the hook the sort of is that Amala, um, this uh, spunky girl pirate, um, is being followed around by ghosts of all of these people from her past, like her, her dad as a ghost. Is, uh, is helping her through her, her journey. And um, I got reminded in a way of, of, of my ch- my childhood watching uh, Pirates of Dark Order, which people apparently didn't like, but I thought was awesome. Um, I have found... Josh, uh, I don't know what that um, is. I,
1: literally, I checked out like 10 minutes ago, because we just keep referring to stuff I haven't seen.
2: All right. <laughs> um... They had monkey birds, but anyway, this didn't have monkey birds. But it's uh, it's 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 like an otherworldly pirate fantasy thing, and that's sort of in my wheelhouse. And this was very fun. It, it it was. I thought it was all ages, but then it gets a bit bloody with some stabbings and stuff. So um, if you wanted to give it to uh, your young daughter, might want to flip through it first.
0: Oh, this is sure. America where we don't care how much blood a kid sees as long as they don't see boobs.
2: There was there were no boobs. A butt's then it fine. Then it's fine. Yeah. I think, is that but it looks it? like it's going to be a, a fun swashbuckling adventure, and um, it's it's uh, it was something different, and I wanted to to check that out. So, uh, and I'm glad I did.
1: That's a pretty dress in Hawkeye number eight. I love this issue. What is what
0: was in the issue when when this when the redhead shows up again and she she kisses Hawkeye in the middle of his game
1: with his ex. First of all, why is he playing cards with all of his exes? That's a recipe for disaster. That was no. It's, that's the thing is like you think, oh, it's hot. This girl showed up to, to kiss him, but it would have been a lot better for him if she hadn't. Why is his current girlfriend wondering why she's dressed like that?
0: She's
2: just wearing a dress. Yeah. That's, that's not just a dress, though. That's a. I I want to know
1: why when they're in the cab, she has her jacket on. She opens uh-huh. up her jacket, makes a, thing, makes a comment about him looking at the, at the decolletage, then puts the jacket back on. <laughs> that doesn't make she, any sense.
2: She's tormenting him. Well, she's going out in the cold. I don't know what season. No, no. She had
1: is. the jacket on. Then right. she starts to take it off.
2: And then she puts it back on. Well, it's a, it's a preview.
1: For, then don't tell him not to look. If they, oh, <laughs> it does, it did, I read that sequence a bunch of times, and I was like, wait, th- why? Also, here's
2: what I liked. I liked when he punches the bouncer. Yeah, great panel. And there's that that heart shaped window in the door, and then we see the reverse angle, so it looks like he's in a heart punching him, and you're actually just, you're looking through the window, so it's actually a practical thing, That's nice. and not just like a figurative, you know, stylized thing. Although that was uh, this this whole book is absolutely beautiful. Is I, I beautiful. love the panel breakdowns and.
1: But at a certain uh, point through this, I did start to wonder. Clint's not making good decisions. But that's his character, right? Uh, I mean, he, he not, screws up. No, I mean not really. That's not how that's I've. You know, this book this, is, this
2: version of him. Totally is. Yeah. So. I mean, it just, I'm, I'm fine with it. this being this version of Hawkeye, and yeah. And I and I love the interact in the interaction between the two Hawkeyes, where she's dropping them off in, in her in her purple. Uh, Beetle, and is and Heard, it, it's I'm, sort of like a reveal that they've been flirting in the back of the car, and then you realize that there's another person in the scene, which is always no.
1: A, I, I really movie. like. I actually really like Kate in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I thought at first I was like oh, I don't want her there, and I've actually really enjoyed her in this book and that scene in particular. I was like oh that's I want more of that. I want you know I, I want her to hang out more. I just I you know, this girl's trouble.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't she's a hot
1: her. redhead. That's how you know. Things go hand in hand. It's not like he hasn't been with a black widow. You know, it's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> You're saying the man learns nothing. I'm
2: saying it's hard to resist trouble.
1: I really like those throwback romance covers, though.
2: Yeah, really- I do think it's interesting. She's wearing a robe with Hawkeye targets all over it, which I think is that's other level. Why
1: stuff. did she dress like a stripper anyway?
2: Because they were going to a strip club. I know, it would, but it was a
1: caper. She was there's trying to blend in by sneaking into the back office, stealing the thing, and sneaking out. Then why did they have to have him come in at the same time with her and start punching people? If that was her,
2: because he's not caper. He's not. He doesn't do capers well. He said he admitted to not being. You know, he's not good at undercover. He wears a giant H on his hood, on his little skull cap.
1: I know that was bad. I, but it's true? Like I was like, well, wait, why is she dressing like that? She's not. There's. should have watched the Limey or something,
2: and then he would have been better prepared for this.
1: I think it it causes a distraction while she goes
0: in the back and out again and no one notices because she looks like a stripper. I guess. Now, Paul, Nima, Heart of Ice, the latest, Alan Moore, Kevin O'Neill, League Extraordinary Gentleman book is out. I haven't read it yet, so don't spoil it for me. Okay. Okay. And we claim that executive privilege you see on the show. It's the benefit of being in charge.
2: Okay, yeah. So we, we went sort of back and forth on this whether to include it, but this is 56 pages, so it's that hybrid between an issue and a, I mean, it's a hardcover book, but um, it's 56 pages. They're, so they're pushing the limits what, of what you can call a book. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I what I what I dug about this was that it's it's a return to that classic, the first two volumes of uh, which Lead were the best two, which were the best two. Um, they're the most traditional. Um, But maybe that's a good thing when it's about public domain characters. Um, I couldn't really tell you who all of the the weird scientists and, and, and characters in this chase to the Antarctic are and what they're referenced to. He's getting a little bit more obscure with them. Um, and we don't get to know them for all that long anyway. So the the real star here is the new Nemo, which is uh, uh, Jani Dakar, um, the daughter of, of the original Captain Nemo. And she reminds me a lot of Mina Harker. So you have a, a Mina Harker character like in those first two volumes, and it's about being defined by... Um, these these men in their lives. So in, in Mina's case, it was like Dracula and all that stuff. And 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 with this, it's it's uh, the original Captain Nemo, and deciding if she wants to be this person who goes and plunders and stuff. And um, and then you have this whole H P Lovecraft um thing, which I'm getting a little tired of. Yeah, um, I share a birthday with H P Lovecraft, and uh, ever since I've just been very tired of it. But does that really impact um, your life? <laughs> all that often. In I just the real like world? to mention it. Well, it just comes – It's. I mean, I, every, you know, every year on my birthday, I, thi- I have to think about H.P. Lovecraft and Al Roker when we share He
0: watches Entertainment Week and they go, this, this, on this day, uh, H.P. Lovecraft was born. And he goes, damn it.
2: Right. I guess. And they're not mentioning mining and I haven't made it. I've yeah. got to surpass the Lovecraft. I, I, really, I have gotten over the, the use of the term Lovecraftian. Right.
1: right. That no longer means anything. I should also note that my birthday uh, is shared with uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And I went to Longfellow Elementary School, so we got cupcakes.
0: I, uh, I mine is shared with Bob Kane.
1: Strangely enough, no shame. Also
0: Fred Durst. So
1: it's too bad. He, it's too bad you didn't share it with Bill Finger. Right, the creator of Batman.
2: Something.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Batman jokes. You know? Ooh.
0: Uh, so that uh, those are the books that we wanted to talk about this week was, I thought it was a great week of books I really enjoyed my stack uh, if you go to ifamway.com slash comics you can make your pull list you can see what's coming out every week you can rate and review your books and you can also choose your own pick of the week we like to run down the top five picks of the week as chosen by the audience at the time of recording if we, so you can you know, get in the action by going to ifanway.com slash comics and the number five most picked book was and you're going to note the numbers on these books but the number five was Young Avengers number two with 1.9% of the votes. Number four was Punisher Warzone, number five with 2.3%, which I like seeing in the top five. makes me happy. Uh, number three was Guardians of the Galaxy, 0. 0.1 with 4.8% of the votes. Number two was Hawkeye, number eight with 5.2%. Number one, Batman Incorporated, number eight with 75.8% of the
1: votes. Boom. Bob so it was a close James, week. Batman Incorporated, number eight. <laughs> it was a close <laughs> week. I feel, like, I feel like we can't talk shit about modern comic creators, so why not just go... All out on the old guys. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I don't want
0: to go into this. It oh, hurts. I know. You can, you can also, at ifanway.com comics, you can uh, write user reviews of your favorite books. And we like to run down a couple of them on the show. And uh, Josh is going to kick it off with uh, the first one.
1: Invasion Force, said of FF number four. That's the title. That is not an abbreviation. Give the story a 5 out of 5, and the art a 5 out of 5. Pick the percentage is 1.5%, just missing our top 5. FF number 4 is ridiculously sweet and cute, but surprisingly successful. This concept in lesser hands than those of Matt Fraction could have gone terribly wrong, but Fraction deftly handles both the comedy and the romance in this done-in-one story. Is this show The Little Rascals still playing and repeats somewhere on cable? If you're you're familiar with The Rascals concept, you will recognize the tone of this story. The Moloid children have a crush on She-Hulk, and they are determined to keep her from smooching Wyatt Wingfoot during a date. So they enlist the aid of Bentley 23. Bentley devises various evil mastermind schemes all of which go awry. I love this book. Uh, I think that Fraction brings the same sort
0: of tone that he does to Hawkeye to this book in and that, in that way I really enjoy it. Um, it's kind of goofy and funny but it's also... He's turned you, you know, around completely. On these two books. I didn't enjoy Fantastic Four at all and I stopped reading that. But Do I you guys think,
2: ever see the uh, the Ew Hollywood story on Little Rascals? It's messed up. They all die horribly. Yeah, it's really even the dog. Up. The dog gets poisoned. Sorry, it's it's really bad. That show was cursed. But this is a
0: fun little uh, one shot issue. As as Invasion Force said, it is it is you can pick it up. Issue four, she goes on a date. The Moloids all have crushes on her, so they try to break up the date. But all of their schemes end up making the date more romantic, which blows up in their face because then she smooches White Wing Foot. Spoilers. Uh, so, great, great. And uh, Mike Allred, Art, he, he really excels at making She-Hulk look uh, big and brawny, but also feminine and attractive. So, that, that's a really hard line to, to walk, and he does it really well.
2: Next. All right. Next up, G. Hostman, or Ghostman, writes of Aquaman number 17, story a 5 out of 5, art a 4 out of 5, uh, power percentage 1.5. Johns has taken his sweet time in building a world around Aquaman that I want to read about and spend time in and see the characters that he has populated it with. I am now fascinated by it. There are multiple storylines that give this book an epic feel. And a must read for any DCU fan. This is good stuff. This title is vintage Jeff Johns, the same Jeff Johns that gave us Green Lantern Rebirth and the incredible JSA. Not the Jeff Johns that gave us the new 52 Justice League. There is now a passion in this title that was not there in the beginning. And much like the characters in this comic that once made fun of the man that could talk to fish, I was wrong about Aquaman.
0: It was a long review that started off in the beginning talking about how much in the beginning he didn't enjoy it and didn't, thought Aquaman was a joke and, and then how it's, it's been building and he's come around in the book. It was a really well-written well review. Um, this book, I, enjoy, I agree with him. This book is great. It's, it's one of the books that has stayed consistently good since the beginning. I, I disagree with him saying in the beginning that I enjoyed it too, but uh, when people talk about the best DC books still out there, I, I always put Aquaman in the top five. It's, it's still really fun. And they sort of focused his character now that he had gotten through the Throne of Atlanta storyline. And now he's sort of back to being protector of the seas. Uh, really good stuff. Paul Pelletier's his work is, well, not Ivan Rees level, still quite, quite solid. So it's still a really fun book.
2: Bring back the beard and you bring back me. I,
0: I, I, don't, I, I agree. The only thing I don't like is the hair. And, and I think he should have a bit messier hair since he lives under the water. Instead of a really nicely, you know, cut, freshly cut head. But uh, we'll see. Is he an asshole at least? No. I mean, he's He optimistic. should be an asshole. That's important. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not.
2: I can he's,
0: he's, uh, he's he's a little grumpy. So go to iFanboy.com slash comics. You can rate and review your books. And if you go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon, you can help out iFanboy by making all your purchases through us. It doesn't cost you a dime, not even a nickel, not even a penny, which they may or may not be getting rid of. It's The uh, only thing it does is cost Amazon. So if you go there... You can you get sent to through a link to Amazon proper. You do all your shopping as you would normally, and we get a little piece of the pie, and it really helps out. Pay the bills, pay you know, pay the server costs, pay the people costs. We have very expensive caviar tastes at lunch, and it doesn't you know money doesn't grow on trees. Give me the so. money. <laughs> so go to amazon.com/comics. Yeah, send it to me. It is a way that you can help out without costing yourself anything, and it is very effective. And we appreciate everyone who does it. I would like so now, I would like the money. Let's read a couple of emails. The first is from Adrian Z, who writes and says, With a new direction about to hit the Green Lantern corner of DC, I was wondering what each of you would like to see moving forward. What stories do you want told? What characters do you want to see more or less of? Who would you like to see given the reins of the GL books? And this was written slightly before they announced the new creative team, so we know who's coming on. But um, I, always th- I always thought this was interesting because I used to love Green Lantern, and now I just have no interest in whatsoever.
1: I just don't care. It was just any bit of enthusiasm has been flogged out of me systematically. And and I know that sounds horrible, but it's, it, uh, the fact that you're think, saying it, too, means that I'm not all no, that off base. No, no,
0: you're not. And the thing is, every time I think about wanting to jump back in, I see that they still keep all the
1: books connected. There's a lot of those. I think I think what got me, I was like, okay, there's a change. Let's think about it. And then I saw how many titles there were, and I was instantly turned off. See, that that didn't bother me so much as
0: seeing they were all connected. Like, if, if I can read a Green Lantern story and not have to worry about reading Green Lantern New Guardians or – or Green Lantern Core or, or Red Lanterns, and that's fine. But the fact that every time they turn around, it's a new Wrath of the Green Lanterns, or whatever they're called, and it's all—it's constantly a, a story of connecting them all. I don't—I don't want to read all those books. I don't. It's—it's
2: it's become sort of this Power Rangers thing with the, the color coding, and I, I know that's kind of a cliche criticism to make, but that, no. that's sort of how I feel. But the color coding I was mean, a great
0: idea in the beginning. It was really and, fun
2: in the beginning, but it, it just—it's a it's, long time ago. Yeah. And it just it just becomes ridiculous. Like everything everything in the universe is is dictated by these the, the color codings and stuff, and it, it just it gets a little self-serious. And um, I, I think uh, Connor, you get you get your Green Lantern fix from the animated show. Yeah, right? I, so, I love the
0: animated show. The animated show does deal with the different lanterns, but it's very focused. It's just basically right, that's, about these that's characters the in space, you know, helping people, which is what I kind of want to read. And I, or 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 Green Lantern on Earth helping people I just want to read A Green Lantern superhero story I don't, I don't want to read A sci-fi epic That goes through
1: Five titles And that's So what What would you do Who would you Who would you put on it To just do Like who would you Want to write Like say that there's Just Hal Jordan Green Lantern Solo series Nothing else
2: uh, I I don't I don't think Fyokov is a, is a bad choice um, for writing some Green Lantern stuff. Um, my thing is just, I, it's not about it's sort of not about the creative team at this point. Yeah, it's just the concept. Uh, yeah, it's just the concept, and well, I'm not a Hal Jordan fan to, traditionally, cool and would bring I, if anybody could. <laughs> I would like to see Jeff Parker on Green Lantern.
1: Ooh, see that's that
2: would, that that would be fun. Thinkin- yeah.
0: I think that's a really good point. And I think DC needs to get Jeff Parker. He's, he sort of languishes over at Marvel. He's not amongst that top tier, and he gets put on books that no one reads,
1: and he's a great writer, I
0: think. And he's perfect I mean, for
1: this, because yeah, have that he has nice that alien down. element that you can... Yeah. He's got a great imagination, and can kind of go anywhere. I want, I'm going to take that answer. That's a great answer. Yeah.
2: That's our official answer. We are agreed. All right. Next.
1: Uh, Igor G., or Igor, I enjoyed reading... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> how do you not do that? And how much does he hate that? I enjoyed reading Rick Remender's Agent of Fear, and after reading Captain America number no. five by Remender and Romita Jr., I was reminded of his storytelling, dialogue, and outer space very adventure very similar. What are you? What are your thoughts? And what do you guys think of Captain America battling foes in another dimension as opposed to more grounded on Earth? Um, I I, I like it, and I I don't want to read it forever. But I think it's ballsy, and I think it was what had to happen. I think we talked about, we touched on it a little yeah. earlier that he's always doing um. Uh, like uh, post post apocalyptic kind of stuff. But the other thing that he excels at is saying, okay, let's just take all these characters and take them away from all this stuff, so he doesn't have to worry about it, and 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 really throw them in into the deep end.
0: He's uh, also really doing stories reminiscent of the '60s Kirby stories. Yeah. I mean, that's you could see, you could totally see. The story happening now being drawn by Kirby in 1968, you know, just yeah. that's, I, that's what he's doing. and I love it.
2: I think it's interesting to take Captain America out of America or even out of a world where America is a symbol of something. So to, to make him his, his own hero and, and have to come up with, you know, a different kind of legacy. And I th- so I think putting him in, in, in another setting is, is range and because we've had, all these, you know, political stories and, and Cold War stories and everything building on the the Brew Baker mythology. Um, you want to change it up a bit, if not forever, at least for some time.
1: It's the kind of change up that you would need in Green Lantern,
0: for example. Right, exactly. Yeah. I enjoyed. It. I, like, like, like Josh said, I don't want to see it for the next twelve issues. I'm sure he'll be back in issue six, and I know, you know, from talking to people that, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's got, he'll be be back on earth fighting villains and things like that. But it won't be the same book, Break a Road, it'll be more of a superhero book than, than I think, than a spy book, which was good. We did, we had a lot of years of spy books. Now let's see Cat punch somebody. Next is Ashley from the UK who says, I've just reread Civil War and Wolverine Origin again I tend to revert to these books every year or so. With all the new books you guys read, what are the ones you reread and read a number of times and will continue to do so and Why? That's the first
1: question. Everybody take one. That just makes me sad. (laughs) Like I literally like look around my book and I get uh, my room and I I have books everywhere. I get a lot of them sent to me and I have a lot that I bought. And I get minor panic attacks that I don't have time to. But it's preacher.
2: Paul. (sighs) That's a good answer. Um, Although I've just read it it recently for the first time. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet. That would be like a perennial for me. Good answer. Interesting. That's a good one.
0: Uh, I would. I mean, I could vary as I say Dark Knight or Watchmen, which are the go-tos, but um, I was leafing through New Frontier the other day, oh, and f- oh my god, I, Great. That, that's a book I'm going to return to often, mm-hmm. just, one. just gorgeous. Watchmen is another one. Watchmen is great for rereading. It yeah, gets better every time you read it. And Dark Knight, I mean, it's a cliche, but I've read that almost every year since I was 10, so.
1: I haven't read it in probably a couple of years.
0: We read recently for those shows we did, Paul and I, and I reread them then, and it still holds up pretty awesomely. Um, Ashley's next question is one I've thought of. Well, what's on my mind while reading Wolverine Origins is his claws are bone, pointy like a twig or a stick, yet once he had the adamantium laced to his bones, they are now knife or sword-like with sharp edges. Surely they should just be the same as they were, just as metal bones. It's wrecking my head. It doesn't make sense in a world where you can lace adamantium bones to a mutant. That's what I get hung up on. I know. Um... It's true. Yes. You see, if, if, it,
1: suddenly he had these like craggly, you know. I assume you know. they removed the older parts of the bone, which all the way, by the way, should have grown back immediately. Um, and then just, They just covered it with adamantium. But I guess maybe they put more. Sometimes you see them, they're like razor thin, and then sometimes they're like a thicker, like an X-blade kind of thing.
2: Is there an additional armature over the bone? between the bone and the adamantium to make that new shape. Um, like, okay, are they, you, like, are, they actually, are
0: they encasing it, like in a, in a, a case
1: of adamantium, here's what the they bones did. are so craggly inside? Here's what they did. They shaved down the bone and used it as a skeleton for the, for the thinner razor thing. And what happens is instead of growing back, it fuses with the adamantium because the adamantium is so hard that the bone can't actually go around it. So that completely self-seals it and stops them from falling off. So you have a, an indestructible system. And that's why they're thinner and smaller.
0: Also, I've always wondered – I mean, the, when he first started off, they were super small claws. They, they came out of the top of his hands. Mm-hmm. But now they have them coming out of his forearms and they're long. His forearms. Yeah, that's where they're. Uh, it, it, we see those drawings, of the old Marvel Universe, like you know, character profiles. They would, they would retract into his forearms. Mm-hmm. So the question is, does his hand have to stay straight when they when they retract when they oh, that's come a out they're, when they're going
1: in and out? Yes. Because otherwise, all the they're way in burst or all out the, of his, his wrist. When they're all the way in or out, he's good to move. But during the actual action of retraction, he has to be at a straight angle. So That's tough. Well, there's a whole but, lot that's hard about being Wolverine. It's true. He can't really get drunk, any. He's, he gives it his level best, though. <laughs> that guy can,
0: loves beer. You can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we'll take them all. Uh, we're going to skip the voicemails this week, but you can call us at 888 fanboys three two six two six nine seven with any questions. Keep it to about uh, 30 seconds to tell us your name and where you're from, and then that'll be very helpful. But, and we have other shows, not just the Big League Podcast. Josh is going to tell you about
1: his show. The Make Comics podcast, which we which we moved to Mondays because we had to fill in some it feels space. right there. It does. It's nice there. Um, that's uh, me and Andy Schmidt, a uh, former Marvel and IDW editor, and now of comics experience, the Comic Book Education School, uh, which I don't believe is the term he uses. Him and I will pick an aspect of making comics and uh, and talk about that for ten or fifteen minutes, a sort of a short show for aspiring creators. Um, and we try to do all aspects of of the creation of comics from the actual creation of comics to the business around it to you know the kind of things that you should do to try to be successful in in your career Um, do you get to the crushing depression and or medical problems from not having health insurance it's almost impossible to avoid (laughs) i don't i don't i mean there's are there's rarely like we'll start off and be like tell me about panel transitions and what the optimum number of panels on a page is and then by the end it's what do i do about this need for an x-ray what about, what about anemia from not getting any, any iron in your, in your diet? I, re- I consider that that's just sort of a baseline, though. Right. Like, that's, that's to be expected. And if people don't know that, uh, you shouldn't get into this. Right. True. Paul, you know what I'm talking about.
2: Also, the splodes are back. <laughs> Let's talk about some splodes. Uh, book splode co- uh, uh, upcoming. Uh, the first book splode in a very long while is going to be Planet Hulk. Uh, and then we have a talk explode where we uh, we talk with some creators. And uh, I'm going to be talking to uh, Gabriel Hardman and uh, Karina Becko about their upcoming run on Star Wars Legacy over at Dark Horse. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Excellent. So you can go Splodes. to
1: I- this- this explodes. You can get those over at ifanboy.com where you can read Connor's Pick of the Week review and you can check out all the other comic book stuff. You almost got me. you almost got me on our website that is written uh, occasionally by people when they decide to anyway you can go to ifanboy.com we'll fill in fine it's not like we got anything else going on go to ifanboy.com about to see the people who sometimes write for the site and their social networking links and then you can go to twitter.com slash ifanboy to follow uh, what's going on as we release it or the same thing could be said of facebook.com slash ifanboy as well you can... It's about I, honoring your commitments.
0: As I said earlier, I thought you were going to mention the book of the month, which I'm glad you didn't. Uh, you can go to iFanboy... Uh, you, uh, I don't even know where I am anymore. You can email us at ifanboy.com, as I said before. You can call our voice by line 888 fanboys three two six two six nine seven 2697 with any comments, questions, concerns, or uh, marriage proposals. Paul's, Paul's the new guy. He's single. So I, I am single, yes. We'll take all comers for Paul.
2: Hey. No, we won't.
1: Um, <laughs> if if I you have dig us, guidelines.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a rubric. Um, if if you dig us, write us a review in iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Uh, introduce your mom to podcasts. Spread the iFanboy word. If you're if you find yourself in one of those drive-through ba- banks that have a, those pneumatic tube systems that you put your stuff in, put a little I don't know, put a little uh, USB thumb drive or something in there. A dongle.
0: Nice.
2: If you're in the UK, put that in a pneumatic tube and then put it up there and um, they'll throw it away, probably. What the hell is this crap? I, I think any modern office should have pneumatic tubes.
1: If I, I do started, too. I, I, think they're, I, I think they're neat. There's a lot of suckage uh, damage possibility there. It's, it's bad for insurance. Oh, maybe. All right, well,
0: I think until next week when Paul is going to watch ET and he can report back to everybody, I'm Connor. I'm
1: Paul probably not gonna want to
2: it's a great movie you say that about a lot of movies Paul back me up I feel bad that I ruined it for you is it, is it good I, or not I, I'm it, not kidding I really did completely fade out I don't know what you said Paul is better. better than k create make
1: sure you'